Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Yeah, why don't you go close that door? Dang it. Dirt and dirt. <laughs> I, in case you haven't figured it out yet, I live to make his life hard. And and it's really because, see, he thinks he makes my life hard, and he loves to, like, semi-troll me all the time. I'm his sidekick. Yeah. Sidekick. And so. Sidekick. <laughs> you need to watch that movie. I told you about it. I, I'm sure my kids have seen. I know Probably. exactly Sky yeah, High. Like, series. Sky is, High. It's worth yeah. it. It's really actually yeah. a, a good movie. Yeah. The kid movies are always the good movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kid and like, movies are not the good movies. Do you have you seen the the movie with the four dogs? They're like they're little puppies and they talk. Mm-mm. They are awful. Which one? Like spooky buddies. Well, it depends on oh, what. Oh, not like that kind no, of. No, you need no, like no, no. the Iron Giant. Like More if you like haven't the seen the Iron Giant's fantastic. Okay. So but it's that's, like a, that's a work of a art. A family movie, yes. not a kids movie. A kids movie would be like cartoon oh, type thing. Yeah. Like a family yeah. type movie. Yeah. Yeah. And and well, so yeah. David, you know, I don't know. Those movies, like you get you get into the serious stuff, David just can't maintain the attention span that long. If it's a good movie, I'm into it. Hey, I David I, I love I, the Iron Giant. I that's hope. a that's top notch. See? Top tier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So I offered some constructive constructive criticism to Lucas the other day and he probably maybe shared it with you. Yeah, should, don't don't tell but, him anything that you don't expect to get screenshot and blast it to everybody. Oh, to everybody. <laughs> everybody ever. Have yeah, you noticed in that fact, I, I in love fact, it. I in the middle of the night, he'll send those messages out to the people that he shouldn't send me- those messages <laughs> out to and they open it up and they're like, "What in the hell is going so that on?" That was a my, that was a 3 a.m. email, okay? I'm just saying Screenshots. Over but you also know he is everybody, right? Probably. What's that? Over some bourbon, Luke, Luke's oh. drinking late and, and screenshotting That's and right. sending That's it right. to people. No, I, and I, if you I, notice, just one thing, yeah. if you notice, he sends everything by voice, text. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll talk in there. It's because he can't get screenshot. And half the time, mm, if you try, once the, so once the message a, hits like three or four days, yeah. It, you can't forward it. The message doesn't load because the servers don't hold on to them. No, actually, it's because I'm usually driving or walking. You can do and voice so, the text. Voice the I text can't. Man, I've tried. It doesn't pick up you, my... You I did it that one time. It. And all... Look, all it knows that I can say is I hate you. <laughs> and it does so, a good job with that. It needs to, it needs to learn your accent. I, that's what I was going to say. The accent messes it up. Yeah it, yeah, it does not say what I say, and I can do it over and over and over again, and it just does not learn it. You, you got to teach this it. This stuff is fun, yeah. and I agree. Yeah. And so I shared one of their podcasts, like with my rant. Yeah. And and for the first minute and forty seven of the video, it was something like this. Yeah. Yeah. If this is what we do. If you don't know who they are, right? 
you've already clicked off. Uh-huh. So I was just, that was my gut. But gotcha. they did get the view still counts. Yeah. Listen, I love it. I just want, didn't want you to feel attacked. I would say take that clip if you want to keep it and put it put it at the end. But put it at the end. Outtakes. I, I, outtakes. I cried yeah. when he when I saw that message. <laughs> Out, I'm like, I can't believe Paul Taylor's like editing. <laughs> he, he does actually, remind you actually, of Sheldon, doesn't he? When, actually, especially when he does that. You know Sheldon Cooper yes. from the yeah, Big Bang Theory. Right. Does he not remind you of Sheldon? <laughs> I didn't get that vibe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I like her. She can stay. You go. <laughs> anyway, you, I, I went back into, yeah, you guys like right into the mic, like you almost like right into it. Yeah. Um, I, I went back and watched that video because I'm like, what video are you guys talking about? He sends me the link and I open it up and I'm watching for a minute and I'm laughing and I'm like, ah, that's funny. And I'm like, oh, I see what he's talking about. <laughs> well, no, because for real, it was like, it was a minute 47 of ba- friendly banter, which is yeah, cool yeah. with your normal audience. Yeah. But then you had your your sponsored commercial and then, of course, I get a YouTube commercial right after that. Literally, that was the progression. Right. And it be- yeah, I don't, I don't ever consider that because I'm um, of YouTube premiere. And so I yeah. never, ever watch commercial. My, my staff will be like, hey, watch this YouTube video. And they'll pull it up. And then commercial, I'm like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> He's like, it's a commercial. Hold on. You just got to watch it for like 15 more seconds. And I'm like, no. Click that. Ah. But I'm, I'm learning a lot how all, all that works and how you keep people. And right. Put your hook at the beginning. Well, Some, like I told you in my don't, don't response. This, this is, is literally that, all he's been telling me for forever. And I'm like, do you have any idea how much editing that requires? <laughs> I don't have a Caleb. I am the Caleb. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to find the clip and like, oh, okay, I'm going to put that at the beginning and then do a whole thing. You and do then that put later, it all though. Together. You do that at the end. As you're going through, as you're watching it and you're editing, and you're like, oh, that was really good. Then you just put a little flag oh, there. No, I, I don't you bookmark you that. Here. There, and then look, I take the screens, split, <laughs> okay, drop. <laughs> Export post. That's okay. how Done. I do it. One hundred percent. Got no time for that fancy uh, stuff. Yeah, but, hey, exactly. I, and if you look, if you go back to like our like earlier videos, like really early videos when I, when we first started doing, that's how they were, and yeah. they would take me hours and hours yeah. and hours, and I'd be like, oh, I can cut another like three seconds out, and I'm, and I'm just trying to get them just right. What do you use for your editor? Filmora. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you should switch it. to Adobe Premiere. Okay, that takes work and, and then a lot of learning. Give me one of your, <laughs> give so me mean. one of your podcasts. I'll do. We'll just take care of it for you for nothing. I'll have what? Caleb. I'll have Caleb do the edits and does show he you. Know you're going to make him do this. Show, it doesn't matter. He, he gets paid. I, he gets paid. He, He's he on does the what I tell he him to do. He, yeah, he works for me. So, and then I'll have him. Yeah, David. I'll have him uh, put notes in what he did and how he did it and give it back to you. What do you think? If you want. Offers sure. on the table. Yeah. I mean, but that means you have to start using Adobe. Yeah, that's it. Well, so I, I told Lucas, so we, there's a there's a particular plug in, in Adobe that just came out and it looks flipping awesome. And if it works the way it says it works, then I'm 100% I, I hated Adobe. Adobe when we started using it. <laughs> I made the mistake of using PowerDirector, which was an easier... Mm-hmm. Cyberlink Power Director for years and years. And then when brought Caleb on, I said, listen, all of the big names from what I hear, Adobe yeah, Premiere is the Adobe. one you want to use. Yeah. I'm like, I, I sat him down. I was like, watch every YouTube video you can to learn how to 
work this software in this program. That's what we're going to yeah. start using. And so now Caleb trains me. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. What to do? In oh, that's awesome. That program, I love it now. Like there are so many little intricacies. What's the word? Intricacies. Intricacies yeah. with it. Uh, but once you know what you can do with it, you're like, oh, why was I not using this yeah. so much sooner? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I sure. get that. I get that. That's just a lot of effort. It is. And, but uh, as you guys grow, there's things to, to consider that. as you grow. Well, as you grow. what what I found with David, and here's the big problem with David, is David does things that entertain David, right? <laughs> David doesn't care about listeners. Nothing David wrong with that. David doesn't care about followers. That's, David does what makes I, I David so. laugh. I think that's how Caleb does it too, 100%. I've seen some good videos of you recently that I was like, I have children and, and, you know, I've got a daughter who loves to edit video and yeah. she loves to do fun stuff. And I just keep thinking, oh, that's going to be me one day. That's yeah. going to be yeah. bad. Yeah. Caleb gets paid to roast his dad. And of all of our children, I mean, he's the one that probably shouldn't have that power. We know when he's found something good because he'll be upstairs because he comes to my house still to edit sometimes. And he'll right. be upstairs just laughing. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm, I'm paying for his entertainment for the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what do you think of ASTE so far? This is your second year. Oh, have we been recording already? Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet. That's the way to do it. That's perfect. Yeah. You don't even that's know the what's way, happening. That's the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. I keep telling other people, too, you should hit record before we even... Because there's B-roll stuff in there. There's clips in there. Yep. There's YouTube shorts in there. I think it's like a like straight YouTuber. He's like, the YouTube mind just click, 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 well, click, click. And look, that like... That's your marketing. As so, well, it, it's more than that because it's somebody who like works on cars, right? Like the thing about cars for me that made cars entertaining was twisting this knob or finding that wire or doing this and seeing an effect of something else. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Like I like to be able to do something here and see a change here. Sure. And that's what like excites me about everything. Yeah. So it's like with Jeff's channel, even though we're we're not even like that's not the purpose of Jeff's show. Like to be able to make a change and see a difference over here to me is like super cool. Like optimizing anything is what where I get my kicks. 
And so I love to research that and like learn about the algorithms and how the algorithms work. David, on the other hand. No, I don't care. I don't care about any of that. Five seconds in, he's done. But I mean, his blood pressure is probably a lot better than mine and yours because I I think I operate like you do. And my mind's just running all the time. No, my mind's running all the time. It's just he's he's right. If if it makes me chuckle, if I'm laughing the whole way, I'm the whole time I'm but editing. You seem, you seem laid back, like my brother is. Like I mm-hmm. bet your blood pressure is better than mine. I have really good blood pressure. So it's good. But it's a byproduct. His mind is running all the time. Right. But, but what, there's a calmness about him. There is. But what it, it's what he's his mind's running about. Okay. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> You're a simple fella. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so into what the you... mic, dear. Into the mic. I got to tell him that. Don't don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <clears throat> and <laughs> and that. we, you know, uh, I guess it was a week ago. We were in Denver, and he didn't have headphones. And so David's always moving like this. Yeah. I would know. I haven't listened back to them. Are they bad? Are they? <laughs> They're terrible. I told you that. I kept saying, hey, David, into the mic. Yeah. Yeah. What? Huh? Well, that's going to be terrible to edit. I'm going to be depressed the whole time editing. See, those aren't fun uh, to edit. Those are not fun. I've had like, some of uh, those using a new camera, and all I yeah. hear is a cooling fan running under the hood of the car. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> you know, that's okay, though. That's not. That's part of the aesthetic. That's yeah, but not the, when it's like. yes and then the voice is like high-pitched treble and no bass and it's sounds like you're talking out of a tin (laughs) kid one one of the very first recordings we ever did with anybody that was anybody they came on and their audio was terrible and so for an hour and 22 minutes david and i fought through every time we would speak about a quarter of a second later, we would hear exactly what we said, yeah. and then he would he would respond. We would hear what he said twice, and then David would talk, and he'd hear what he said twice. And so we're trying to balance, and I'm I'm paying attention to like when I hear David finish talking the second time, that's when I need to talk to make sure that we're yeah. not. So the whole thing we're pausing in between talking. We told the guy at the beginning, you're like, hey, you need to put headphones on. Because it's coming through the speakers, the mic's picking it up, and so we can hear everything up. And he's like, oh, I do these all the time. I know what I'm doing. That's what he told me. <laughs> That's like, like a nightmare. Great. It sound like a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I went through, and I edited every single one of those, like, double take. And all of the, like, the spacing where we were waiting to talk, I took them all out. It took hours. The other one that was terrible was poor Stefan. He was, like, wrestling a bear in the background. I, I don't know what he was doing. He was like, talk, talk, talk. And then, clank, 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 bam. I'm like, what is going on? And, you, and he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then he would he would mute himself. And then he'd click and he'd talk. And then you'd hear the wrestling in the background. Oh, that, was, that wasn't good either. Yeah, that was pretty tough. That was pretty tough. We're at ASTE 2023. You already did that part. Well, I'm, no, actually, he didn't. You, this you is started a, talking. This is a necessary part. Yeah. It is? Yeah. Why? Because this is your your cut right before this. Where oh, no, he's putting all this in there. <laughs> where he starts talking, and the rest of this is B-roll and shorts and fun stuff that you produce later. 
If you can listen, I will pay wait, you wait money till it comes if you out. can convince yeah, him. Yeah, wait till that. I come out. I will out. pay you money. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the clips, but I'll But listen, if I'm sending video. people cuz I want to. Like there's real need in our field for what you guys are talking about. And as I'm sending people your way, I want them to pay attention and listen. And the the YouTube audience, they're fickle people. <laughs> they leave quickly. Like I can they're see terrible. just short attention span. Short attention you span. You want it like right now. Yeah. That, but that's not just YouTube. That's the algorithm of the world now. Like it's TikTok. Mm-hmm. It ruined everybody's brain. It was before TikTok. TikTok was developed because of that. It wasn't created. Yeah. Um, um, you know, for it. It was have you, have you social commentary. Brain? What? I said that's quite the social commentary. Thank you. <laughs> <That's very> <laughs> <laughs> he's he's glowing. <laughs> it's like, thanks. Have you, have you heard of TikTok brain? Uh not that they, they did a study and it like they did a study on teenagers specifically. It, it disproportionately affects the teenage male brain. And they and can't it, afford it. It makes them more depressed. Wow. It, it makes them uh, yeah. more anxious. Mm-hmm. And it, there's like all of these terrible of mental issues. They were studying t- uh, specifically TikTok mm-hmm. and what it was doing to, but it also does it to both the teenage brain. So, but they call it uh, TikTok syndrome or something like mm-hmm. that. What's it called? I don't know. Uh, earmuffs for just second checks in the mail. Oh, uh, thank you. What? Just say yeah. Checks in the mail. Yeah, you gotta let him finish, Lucas, before you start. No, not no. There's no finishing. Just, no. <laughs> this this is David. This is what happens. There's no finishing. And this, this goes around and around, <laughs> and, around and around and around. It never stops. I'll um, find it. Hey, Ken Robinson. Right. So talking about TikTok brain. Have you? I think we've talked about it. Ken Sir Ken Robinson was his name. I'm not sure. He did a TED talk and he was talking about education. And one of the things that he pointed out was, is he said, so the, the educational system that we have developed in, uh, especially the Western countries was developed in the industrial revolution. It was developed in the enlightenment. Before that, there was no public education. Now I don't, I don't listen folks. I don't agree with everything this dude says. He says some crazy wonky stuff and other stuff, but the TED talk is brilliant because he talks about the fact that we have been educating children on an assembly line. It has nothing to do with their skills. It has nothing to do with their personality. It has nothing to do. It, it's really just like an assembly line. This is your born on date, and this is what matters, and this is how we're going to educate you. And he said it wasn't. It's not that we intentionally do it, and it's bad. It's just what we've done, and nobody's like. And he, he kept saying like, "Hey, you know, everybody says we need to raise the standards. We need to elevate education." He said, "Well, obviously, because why would we lower? That doesn't make sense." But he says. So we're, we're trying to take kids and we're putting them in this educational system that was designed when there were no external distractions. And now we're trying to educate them amongst those external distractions. And we're saying you, you don't need to do any of those things. You need to sit here and listen to something that's extraordinarily boring. And we, we force them to do that. And now we're like, well, why aren't they listening? So we, then we begin to medicate them. And he said, so we anesthetize them. And all of a sudden, they're numb, and we just made the problem that much worse. And, and so we've talked a lot, especially over the past couple of months, we've talked a lot about unintended consequences. Like what we do has an effect, and we don't always understand what that effect is until it's too late to do anything about it. And so I think that the educational system as a whole is somewhat broken. And, and you probably didn't see it that much at Rosedale. And, and Eric Mortensen is here. Eric is um, the Watauga High teacher. And so the Watauga High program 
and and we just met with a guy from IMR last week in Denver. The Watauga program is a one in a billion school. Okay, so it has college classes and it has high school classes in the same room or in the same facility. You've never seen a high school shop like this. You've most likely never seen even the highest end dealership look like this. This is a this is an auto tech class that has a dyno in it. It has millions of dollars worth of tools, every kind of scan tool you can imagine, every kind of tire changer and balancer and alignment rack, everything. And so it has been so freaking cool to watch this because the instructor came in as a Volvo master technician. And you got to be crazy to be a Volvo master technician. Like you have to be broken up here in the <laughs> first place. Anybody that wants to work on that is just crazy, right? But it's so cool because what he's done is he came in and he said, wait a minute, I want to do this different. Let's figure out how do we do this different? How do we engage them? How do we get them excited? Because they're excited about all these other things. What do we have to do different that that engages them? And and I think you probably know about this, but a lot of the high school instructors are ex-techs that they've said, oh, I'm going to get my retirement gig. I'm going to get my, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to do this thing where we're going to jump in and we're going to, uh, we're going to get benefits and we're going to get a pension and we're going to get whatever it is and this is how it's going to work and yeah not too worried about the teaching part of it i'm just worried about surviving right yeah there's we we get a lot of guys come into rosedale with that kind of mentality on their resume right. we never hired them well so so here comes eric and he's like no nah, i, I want to do this because i love doing this right and so he goes in and he develops a complete program in watauga high that is we're going to run an actual running shop and we're going to bring teachers in, and you're going to work on their cars, and you're going to see the entire process. We're going to do the book work. We're going to do all the things we have to do that they tell us we have to do. But we're going to run this like a shop, and you're going to be part of it running. You're going to be part of what it does. And so it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. That is cool. Months, I, I want to say two, three months in, he calls me and he says, hey, I need you to come up here. I went up there. And like, you know, the advisory councils typically had like five or six people in them before he started. And now we've got 250 people attending the advisory councils. And so here we are. We I go up there and he says, hey, I need you to talk to this young lady. She came into my class for auto tech. And it turns out she went into auto tech just because she had to have a class to finish high school. And it was the only thing that she had not excelled at, like in a big way and blown it out of the water and finished early. So she went to auto tech and she comes in. She says, I want to be a business owner. This has taught me I want to be a business owner. That's awesome. Show me how to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. It is the coolest thing ever. You know? Yeah. And so... Did you tell her to run? That's a terrible idea. No, she's not like you. <laughs> I am a realist, okay? <laughs> you know, as Lucas is talking, I'm reminded of that shop in Senegal, Africa that we are affiliated with. They're no. doing something similar. Minus the millions of dollars of right. equipment. Right. But they're doing that exact thing where they're training their techs to... It's a school, yeah. but they get paid, and they're working on customers' cars. Right. And, they're, and they're doing that in Senegal, Africa. You, you think of what Oscar's doing, and think about, like, the, these, not just students, but people everywhere are hungry for knowledge. Yeah. That's what made you successful in a lot of ways, right? Sure. Like, there were people that were hungry for it. And so the fact that, that auto tech classes are empty, the fact that n there's no progress, there's not people coming into the trade, Hey everyone, it's Lucas. I'm sorry to jump in, but I thought it was important to come and say this. 
You know, I'm often asked, why do we always talk about Kim and Brian Walker and shop marketing pros on the show? It's because we genuinely believe in their product. Why do I use them for my own marketing? In fact, they're building me a new website right now. It's not cookie cutter. I kept getting on Facebook and every shop looked the exact same. I didn't want to be that. And it's not just that. It's that they're part of your team. When you hire them to do your marketing, they get to know you. They know what you believe. They know what you say and they know why you do what you do. And they share that with your clients. That's huge. And beyond all of that, probably the most important factor in all of this is they stand behind their work. So don't wait. Go today and get your free marketing analysis from Shop Marketing Pros. They're genuinely our friends and they're genuinely here to help shop owners have a better life. Click on the link in the show notes for your free marketing analysis today. That's right. It's free. Doesn't cost you a dime. Signifies that something's wrong. Because if people are hungry enough to come onto YouTube and look for knowledge from you, they're hungry enough to go pay Oscar and say, I want to learn how to do this. Yeah. Then it means we're missing the bar somewhere. It means we're not getting to them. Well, I think what I'm hearing, even going back to what you said about education, because we homeschooled for a while because yeah. of, you know, just yeah. education isn't one size fits all. Exactly. And um, and it's not to blame the teachers. The teachers have to do what they have to do. And yeah. I, I would not want to be a teacher today. No. I would not. My dad was a teacher for many, many years. Um, I just, you know, I don't know how you would do it. Um, but they have all these standards to meet and so they're teaching to the test and the kids take the test and do they remember anything after that test no they don't exactly and what we got to experience through homeschooling is my youngest son who actually has dyslexia and dysgraphia is of all my kids the one who loves to learn the most because he wasn't being taught to a test he wanted to learn for that he was able to explore what he wanted to learn and then looking at the program that you're talking about i think what they're capturing there is a it's not just, you know, here's what you can learn, but here's a vision for your future yeah. because that's what kids don't have. When you're in school, what's your, you're just trying to get to the next grade, to the next grade till you can graduate. Yeah. But where's the vision for, wow, I could be really successful. What kind of life could I lead doing this? Yeah. And we were just talking to a shop owner this morning and she works, what, two, day, two and a half days a week. She Be- has a, a success, yeah, yeah. successful shop. Unbelievable. And story. has people working for her that she can trust. And she doesn't have to be there all the time. And she's created a great life for herself because of that. So it's giving students the vision for what can your life be. Exactly. And, and remember Shasta Nelson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Shasta had been on the podcast a while back. <clears throat> and she posted something the other day that I so resonated with. And she was talking about the fact she was going to teach this class. And she said, I am so nervous to be speaking in front of, I, I want to say it was something like 10,000 of the most elite Fortune 500 CEOs in the country, right? Like a massive pile of very, very important people. And she said, I am telling myself this morning that I am going to enjoy the experience and that I'm not going to say I'm just trying to get through this. Because there's so many things I realize now that I've missed in life because I was in so much of a hurry to get through this and to move past it and to be done, right? And I look back at my experience in school and I say, that's what I was doing. I was just trying to get through it. Now I'm like, I wish I'd done that. And I think part of that's maturity. So in in some sense, there's things that you're not going to realize that you want to do until it's later. You know, and, and I've talked about my daughter. Both of my kids are homeschooled. And so my daughter is is 
the one who, when she got into public school, and, and you're right, they're trying to deal with so many different people, and their values are different than my values. Now, I don't have a problem with them having different values. We're all human beings. We, we're afforded that right to have different values. But the big rule that we teach in our house is, is like, you're responsible for your actions. And if you lose, you lose. That is what you do. And you just learn to get better. And then you win next time. Because if you don't experience that, you never get better. And so I've told it before, but the guidance counselor comes in. And, and long story short, she, she made it to third place in a spelling bee. And she gets upset about it. And we'd been dealing with this thing where she was always upset. And the teachers were calling and saying, she's upset, she's upset, she's upset. We found out that they were rewarding upset because then when she didn't want to do her work, they gave her a pack of Skittles and said, sit in the hallway. <laughs> and so <laughs> then she she gets into the... Skittles specifically? Skittles or M&Ms. Seriously? Yep. And so then we they had little packs just for that. And any time like a kid re- pitched... rewarding a, fit, a puppy for pooping on the floor. Exactly. Did you oh, see the thing about treat. Skittles? Mm-hmm. We have a puppy, by the way. That was I random. saw that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, Plug for our puppy. But <laughs> then, then you know, the spelling bee thing happens, and they lay out the rules as clear as day. I mean, th- there was no way she didn't know. She was upset because she didn't make it to first place. She made it to third place out of 20 kids. Come on now. Like, that's life. That's going to happen. Instead of, you know, my wife's got her out there. She's got her by the arms, and she's saying, you did a good job, and, and you tried your very best. And that's what's important. But now here's here's what you have to do next time. And let's coach through this so you get better next time, right? And so what happens? The guidance counselor comes up and pulls our daughter out of my wife's arms and says, sweetie, we feel really bad about what happened. We're going to change the rules and we're going to put you back in the competition. And I'm like, well, y'all stopped a spelling bee. You, you did a disservice to the kids that are already in the spelling bee. And now you're coming out and you're pulling her away and teaching her the exact opposite of what we've tried to teach her. Wow. Right. Well, and I, I'm sure that's just that one guidance counselor. But we, you know, when I've told that story, I've heard from all these other people. They send me messages and they say, this is what education in the States is today. Yeah. Because we're so worried about offending somebody and mom and dad are going to come complain. Well, and we have now a generation that lives based on their emotions. Yes. And if their feelings are hurt, then they've been traumatized. And um, it's feelings are king. It's. That's what everybody's running around basing everything off of. Yeah. How do I feel about it? And everybody's a victim. Because when you're a victim, you don't have to take responsibility for yourself. Exactly. You can claim that status as a victim. You're going to get us banned on YouTube. Uh, (laughs) Red red dye number three was banned in California along with a whole bunch of other chemicals. And it was the reason. And it's it's an ingredient in Skittles. The reason why they were banning it is because it was linked to hyperactivity and other neuro neurobehavioral effects in children. Really? Yeah. Wow, so that's FDA a double whammy then. Yeah, I know, right? They and made so it they worse. Were, yeah, and so this kid is acting up and they're like, here's some here's red dye number three. And like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's I, crazy. You know, I, I'm i a big World War II buff and, and what you said resonates with me because, you know, did y'all stay for the keynote last night at the dinner? No. Holy cow. I, I well, now wild. you busted us that we did not stay. Sorry. Well, well so. <laughs> you look so guilty. <laughs> oh, this guy's story was wild. Yeah, and Rich, Rich had just been in here. And I'm, I'm watching. I turn around and look, and I'm watching Rich, and he's just got tears pouring down his face. God damn, I wish and, I stayed. And so, man, I'm, I'm like trying not to tear up because I know at some point somebody's going to come talk to me, and I'm like, mm, mm, you know, and I'm like looking at my phone trying to distract myself. You know, 
you look back at World War II, you look at what that guy last night went through and to come through it and to say, you know what? I can't go back and change what happened. That is life. It's okay. All I can do is march forward. Can't believe we left her. Why did we do that? Oh, man, there was not a dry eye in the place. Oh, it was intense. I looked at the clock. It was like 7.57, and I thought it was over at 8, and I'm like, it said 6 to 8 on the schedule, didn't Listen, it? Listen. And, and look at me. Hold on. Hold everything. on. And then no one said anything, and I'm like, I'm not even sure there is a speaker. I just we blame Scott Palava. Yeah, well, entirely Scott Palava. Part of it though is like yeah. it's hard to come to these events, and I was all peopled out. Yeah. So yeah, I, sure. Yeah, I completely resonate with that. Yeah, I'm oh, sure you, you like guys. The people. Well, I do too, but to a point. There's a yeah. there's a <laughs> point. There's a level. I love hearing the stories. I love hearing yeah. lives changing, and it was awesome to have my wife here with me as part of that. But there's just a level where. The emotional bank account runs Well, yeah, dry. because you want to be just as excited to the next person about meeting them, too. And yeah. there's just not a whole lot of that left just because yeah. Yeah, that's, it, it's that's hard that's to— Yeah, that's definitely tough. Yeah. And I don't want to be rude to whoever else I meet yeah. in the bathroom. <laughs> Dude, is it? Let, let me ask you I heard this. your story yesterday. <laughs> I wanted to shake your hand in the bathroom like, let yeah, me finish dude, I'm first. I'm standing at the urinal. Yes, I I'm get. standing at the urinal and dude sticks his hand out. Like, yeah. I'm standing. <laughs> sticks his hand out. Let me wash my hands first. That, that was a bold move to stick your hand out when it goes to That is. I, we, were, we were in Florida at the Institute Summit. <laughs> And I walked into the bathroom. I was, I was walking out of the bathroom, and Cecil is like uh, just absolutely big spirit. He's loud. You know what I'm saying? And um, I walk over, and I wash my hands, and this other guy walks in, and they walk in to use the bathroom. And as I'm walking out, all I hear Cecil say is, ooh, that's warm. And I, I mean, it's loud. Right? And I just crack up as I'm walking out. And it's Cecil's show. And he's like, it's not what it sounds like. And I'm like, okay. That's fine. So back to the World War II veteran? Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean. Nice. See, it, you should have her on. We yeah, should. just keep us on track. Well, she's our, it's like, she's hey, our, let's, let's finish that story. She's our new moderator. <laughs> We're the host. She's the moderator. I'm a mom. Uh, I know how to do these things. Well, so, you know, I, I, the Band of Brothers, all the history, I, I had researched all of that. And, and you know, that saying that hard times make strong men and strong men make good times and good times make weak men really resonates with me because – those guys, when they came back in the 40s, they came back from the most horrendous life has to offer, right? And they saw things, and they saw how evil humanity could be for no reason, right? They saw some really terrible things, and there was zero reason for it. There was, it, was, it was power. It was control. But the things that they saw were a result of that need for power and control, but that wasn't what made it okay to do what they did. It was war that made it okay. And because nobody's watching and there is no rule, there is no law, it doesn't matter. We're in control. We'll do whatever we want, right? We had the bigger gun. And so these guys saw the worst that humanity had to offer. They saw what uninhibited human beings would eventually do if allowed. And they came back and they built the greatest generation of Americans there ever was, right? They made them strong. They made them tough. And, and we found ourselves back in the weak cycle, Right. And you see that man that was up there last night, and he says, I was laying there 
and I knew I was in trouble when they folded my legs and I was looking at the bottom of my feet. Wow. And he said, Oh, I saw, I saw the, he, a guy missing legs. Yeah. In the, yeah. That was him. And he said, So he's speaking. Yeah. So he goes on the story. He goes on to explain. It was a fantastic I'm really story. Ma- I'm really mad <laughs> that. I didn't think there was a speaker. It was 757, and there ain't no speaker, and nobody's getting up. You can blame Scott up. Palava. Scott yeah. Palava so organized the event. He tried. He, he did he'll a good job. He did, he did the best he Sorry, could. Sorry, Scott. Yeah. I mean, it's listening. a lot to put together. It is. Yeah, I would have loved that, to have heard that. Well, so he, he goes on, and he explains what the next, you know, most of these speakers say, I went through this really hard thing, and look how successful I am. But instead, he went through the next 30 minutes of his life Right up to the point when he said, I felt cold, and I realized what was coming. And he said, I said to my best friend that was still alive, my two other best friends were dead. He said to my best friend that was still alive, I want you to tell my family that I love them. And he said, no, you're going to tell them yourself, and I'm going to get you home. He said, the next thing I remember, he said it was eight days later, and I woke up in Walter Reed. And he said, I... I, You know what, the the wildest part of that, he tells like this, this whole, he builds it up. Then, then you find out what happened to him, and he had an IED. He was in a Hummer. The the, the, the what was the vehicle in front of him? The Bradley. The Bradley so, missed it by three yeah, inches. The Bradley misses it, which would have taken the hit. Instead, they end up rolling over it. Hits the Hummer, flips over, blows, blows the doors off everybody. of it. He's twenty yeah. feet away from the Hummer. Mm. Arm broken, legs broken. Another guy gets pinned underneath the Hummer, and he's going through all this. And what do you say at the end? I would go back there again if I could. Yeah. If he had to do it again, he'd do it again. Mm. Despite the fact that he's missing his legs. Yep. And he's and the reason why was he believed in what they were doing. He believed in this country. He believed in everything it represents. And therefore, you got to have people like that. And no country survives without people like that. And the, and the fact that that after what he's been through and after what he's seen, and after, you know, we, we get so caught up in the world that it is today. And whether it's political, whether it's religious, whatever it is, we can find all the things that are wrong with it. But yet he says that I would still go back and do that, right? And, and he says, if you look at any other country in the world, your rights and freedoms here far outweigh what anybody else has, right? And so we, we take that for granted. And I, I think... I think that's part of, like I said, that's part of that weak part of the cycle is that because we are taking it for granted. We don't respect it. We don't respect that we have the opportunity to do great things and and for these people to hear us. And, you know, we, we see a lot of technicians, for instance, who are really upset about all of the things that they've endured and all the things they've been through. But what we don't see is a lot of them working to make it better. A lot of them working together to make it better. A lot of shop owners and a lot of technicians, and it's starting to change, right? We're seeing it come yeah. together. But for the what the past 10 years, we've seen them divided. And we've seen them, instead of trying to create dialogue and create conversation, we've seen them continue to try and divide it. Well, he's a greedy SOB. I shouldn't have to and this and that. But the reality is, is that if we want to actually change this profession and this industry and make things better, what has to happen? We have to work together. Mm -hmm. We have to talk about what we don't like. We have to talk about what's wrong. And then we have to start taking steps 
to fix it. You guys are doing a great job on that front. Well, thank you, sir. We just yak into a microphone. We don't do anything. Well, you have the right people around you feeding the words to yak into the mic. <laughs> Something like that. And the only reason why anybody listens to us is because you keep sharing our videos. <laughs> that's, that's and true. so <laughs> that's we're true. like, hey, nobody's watching. Oh, Paul Danner <laughs> shared a video. <laughs> Somebody's listening now. You know what the coolest thing was uh, learning about Brandon Steckler and Jim Morton and their ma- diagnostic mastermind. You you hear that story? Mm-mm. They used to get together ju- just to learn. I knew Jim mentored Brandon. Yeah. yeah so I they knew. used to go all yeah. him and a bunch of other technicians would go to his shop and they would just talk diag and break down and this is what we worked on today and this is what a scope and they would just talk and it was a, it was a mastermind. Yeah. They didn't recognize it but it was a mastermind. These technicians were just they were dying to learn and they just they wanted to be around it. You don't you don't hear it anything like that. Mm. And I talked to one of my techs and I said, We should do something like that here. But man, I don't, it's almost like where do you start? Who do you reach out to? Nobody's gonna show. So it it's gonna be uh nobody's gonna show for like a year. You're just gonna have to muscle through and make a commitment and this is what we're going to just do. And hopefully there'll be some results. But a lot of times there's just there isn't and most people would give up. Uh, most well, people give up. We we did that here. So Brandon Dills started grabbing a group of people and they would go shop to shop. The problem is is shop to shop up here is like, you know, it's three hours to my shop from here. Mm-hmm. So for Brandon, it's a two hour drive. And so to get fifty people to drive to my shop, and it doesn't need to be that big, but you know what I'm saying? Like the the it can be eight people, and it well, doesn't need to be. We got to go to Lucas's giant. And, and here, here's the shop. here's the problem though that that I have found or that I have seen. The percentage of really quality technicians, and I'm going to get myself in trouble here. The percentage of really quality technicians in any one given town that's actually gen, genuinely interested in learning is pretty small, right? Genuinely interested in, in learning is probably larger than you think skilled or knowledgeable or is, willing to invest the time that's the that's always the issue is it, you were you were talking about it earlier the i think there's plenty of people that are willing to learn and want to get into the trade but they want to get paid to learn you put an application out there or an, a uh, job ad out there you get bombarded with people that call you and say i like working on cars I don't know anything, but I'm willing to learn. It's like, okay, but you want me to pay you to learn. Is, is that what we're going to do here? Don't you, you normally would pay a college. Rosedale doesn't pay the students, right? The students show up, they right. pay the school. They want me to pay them to then learn how to do the job I need them to do. That doesn't make any sense. How does that work for me? It doesn't. Like, great, you're going to have these skills you're going to learn and be able to take with you for the rest of your life. Meanwhile, I'm paying you to learn. This doesn't make any sense, but that's, that's the mindset of most people. I don't know how we change that. How do you shift that and go, Hey, if you want to get into it, great. There's all these resources available. Go, go utilize one of those resources. I had a a GS call me. He was looking for a job. He wanted to jump because he was stuck on the oil chain track. And he'd been there for almost a year. He was making like 15 bucks an hour. In Kansas City, 15 bucks an hour is low pay. And he he's like, man, I just I just need an opportunity. I want to learn. I, this is what I told him. 
I said, give yourself six months. I said, I sent me your link, Scanner Diner Premium. It's like 99 bucks. And said, get your little U-scope. That's what I told him. I said, get those two things. Go through the whole program, like bust through the program at 100 miles an hour. And in six months, I guarantee you somebody will give you a job. Minimum 25 to 30 bucks an hour. Yeah. Probably more. And if you can't find anybody, come talk to me. Six months later, I messaged him. He had he had joined. Nice. I have no idea if he went through any of the material. Another six months goes by. I message him like, hey, how are things going? Ghosted. Nothing. I was offering him a job. I was just checking in on him. And it, it everybody just wants to be given something. Yeah. Let me I give it to that. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, like, put your head down and I've given you the tools. This is that's literally all you have to do. It's just go through the program, learn how to use that scope. You walk into any shop. I don't I just I don't get it. We say this all the time. These technicians don't don't get it. <laughs> you walk into any shop. I've got my own scope. I've been through the standard and premium entire program. I know how to use it. I can diagnose most things. They will throw money at them. Here, take the money. Well, Go. Not, not everybody has a vision for that because, you know, say a young guy, young girl, you're coming out of school. You're like, I just did school. I, I did that. I've learned what I need to learn. I just want to work now. I don't want to do that. And if I'm working 40 hours a week, do I want to spend time, you know, taking yeah. more classes? And so there's a lot of that. And we have a lot of people who's, whose shop owners pay for them to take his classes. Some take advantage, some don't. But then we see other people who like grab it and like fly through the material. But it's got to be a small percentage. And then say, it is oh, a and small it percentage. is. But, they, and, but then come back and say, I was like the gopher guy and now I'm like the top guy and I'm making this money. And I think people need to hear those stories and catch a vision for what yeah. it could mean because they just can't see it. Well, you know? it, 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 Okay, so when I went through that material, it was all on the line. You wanted it, Lucas. Well, no, I. I you wanted it. I, I more than I can wanted see it. the ones that want it because I, I hear from them all the time. I, I more than wanted it. It was it was crash or burn. Yeah, I had to have it. If I didn't have it, everything was going to fall apart. Yeah. And so I sat in the floor, and she still talks about it today. I sat in the floor of our living room with my three year old. And I would watch Scanner Danner videos, and she would watch her cartoons, right? And so we watched Scanner Danner videos together for years. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. And so Alex would be sitting on the, the couch, and she would be doing paperwork. I would be laying in the floor, and I would have the book out, and I would be studying that. And my daughter would be laying beside me, and she'd have her tablet out. And that's what we did for four or five years, right? And, and the key difference for me was, is I was going to survive and thrive, or I was going to fail. And that was the only option. And we go back to that guy last night, or we go back to the guys in, in, you know, Band of Brothers, for instance. There was no option. You know what I mean? It was I was. It was life or death. It was it was win or fail. Those were the only options. And so, it doesn't need to get to that point. I though. know it doesn't. But here's my point: is that that the current generation and the people that we have right now, and I shouldn't say the current generation. Our current mindset, not not the generation. It doesn't matter what generation you're from. The current mindset is, is well, if I don't, somebody's just going to hand me something anyway. Well, there's no technician, so I'll be able to get a job no matter what. I don't have to put it in. I If I don't succeed for my family, eh, oh well, right? Somebody's going to pay us. 
we're, we're going to get government benefits. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is I could fail, but you know, yeah. Right. And, and the problem is, and, and so many people get aggravated at them for this. I feel really bad for them for it because eventually in life comes a time when you look back and you say, Oh shit, I am out of time. I look at George. Okay. And, and I know it's okay to tell a story because he told it on Jeff's show. George and I have been friends for over 20 years. Okay. George has been through prison. George has been through drug addiction. George has been through abuse as a child. George has been through everything you can imagine, right? He's had the world thrown at him. When he worked for me, we put him in Scanner Danner and we put him in CTI courses and we put him through all these things. And he would try to get it. George. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he would try to get it and he would, he would put the work in, he would put the work in, he would put the work in. And I'm always talking to him, put, man, you got to be putting some money back. You got to be smart about your money. You got to be thinking about the decisions you make because time will run out on you. You will eventually run out. And now you look at George and he's in a situation where his wife goes and runs around with somebody else and leaves him. He's got a child who he's thought that the best things for them were what was happening. It turns out that wasn't what was happening. And he now has to put in the work and he has to learn to be a dad mm. overnight. You know what I'm saying? Like he has to, he, he's, he's been the breadwinner. He's not been the dad. And now all of a sudden he realizes, Oh no, I've got to be a dad. And I don't know how. And da- being a dad, mm. like being a single parent, you know what I'm talking about? Like there's a lot of things that, that we're parents and we're dads and we're reinforcing where they're taking care of them. There's a lot of things that moms do that we never realized that had to be done and had to be taken care of. And George found all those things out like that. It just was overnight. And then, and then he, he's like, I got to get back in my scanner danner. I got to start doing things different. And he's like, I don't have any savings. I don't have any money. I don't have anything. I'm living by the seat of my pants. Mm. And I think about how many people are going through that. And they wait until life happens. Mm. And now it's too late. Mm. Now, I don't think it's too late for George. I think George has got opportunity. He told me the other day, he said, for the first time in my adult life, he said, I've got $1,300 in my checking account. He said, that's the first time I've ever had any money to my name. And I didn't realize why it was happening. There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that, that he didn't know about. But... The point is, is that don't wait for life to happen to you and then try and clean it up. Yeah. It's never too late, though. No. It's never too late. No. But that knowledge is that knowledge is what gives you the tools Yeah, to where you're never on the brink of disaster. Yeah, 100%. You know? And I think that's what we miss is, is we, we've got time. We've got time. We talk about our health sometimes. And it's like you always think, well, I got time. I got time. None of us are promised tomorrow. No. You know, that's what... We're trying to, you know, view what position we're in and platform we have to try to do something even better and together. That's why she's here. Tell us about it. Tell us about it. No, you're up. I'm up. You're up, Kip. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was a Napoleon Dynamite quote. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's been a privilege just the past several days to get to share more about we're doing with um put your face on that mic (laughs) unless you can smell the last person who talks breath (laughs) quit quit telling people that that's creepy that is kind of (laughs) creepy no i don't want to do it at all (laughs) 
Um, anyway, what he's referring to is um, just the next iteration of Scanner Danner and the changes that are being made because it's been, um, in a sense, like a one-man show all these years because mm -hmm. he's Scanner Danner. Yeah. Nobody else is him. Nobody else thinks like him. Nobody else does what he does. Um, and we have the team behind the scenes, you know, supporting that and making that happen. But he can only be that guy for so long. You know, yeah. he doesn't want to chase that. He doesn't want to chase, like— you know, what's this guy doing? What's that guy doing? I have to do it more. I have to do it better. He could. He could yeah. make that choice. Um, that's not the way he wants to live. And we have a family that— losing you. Yeah, he just— he, I was losing her in it. Right, because you, you can't—it's it, all-consuming. I mean, yeah. you know, and we've seen this just being here. I mean, he can't walk to the bathroom. It takes half an hour just—you <laughs> know, yeah. and it's such a privilege because these are people that, you know, are just so encouraging and literally support our family. So there is not— um, you know, one bit of appreciation that we that we're missing there. We it, we're just so thankful for that. Um, but now we're just um, getting to a different phase where we've been thinking like, okay, well, what's this going to look like in the future? You know, it's gonna be like ninety years old being Scanner Danner. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, to some people he probably will be, but um, so what what can we do, and how can we? How can we do something together, too? Because just as he, his career changes, mine is, too. I've been home with four kids, and now we only have two left at home, and they're in high school. So it's like I, I said, I'm just slowly being fired from my job, like, yeah. bit by bit. Yeah. Once my daughter can drive, I don't even know what I'm doing. So um, we've just been mindful of what do we want it to look like for us when the kids are gone, that second phase. And it's kind of coinciding with what do we want Scanner Danner to look like, too. And so we have an opportunity to change things on the business front and bring in creators and give them a platform and um, and bring more value to our customers. And also that allows him more time to work on the charity, SD Charities, that we've started yeah. where we can see like, okay, um, you know, where like, does God want to send like us? Like George, we yeah. would step in in a heartbeat for a guy like that yeah, yeah right know? and we're and we're using the contacts that he's made over these years people um that we know and trust to say here's a need here's a need and we'll just fill that those needs as they come and yeah. we're just trusting again just trusting god to put the people in our paths that he wants us to bless and um just all of this the success money whatever we hold it loosely because it's it's not ours yeah. Like, I mean, it blesses us, it feeds us, it clothes us, but how much does anybody need? Oh, man. Right? Like, yeah. to, to, we always say, like, to what end? To what end you, do we need all these things? That conversation sounds very familiar. I know. It does. Almost makes me tear up a little bit. It makes me think about the story with my dad, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's to the T. And, and you know, I've, I've watched my dad do that for years. Okay, over and over and over again, community service programs and and just like people who did not deserve, right? Do any of us that, deserve? Right, right. Well, that that's the thing that got me is like these are felons, yeah. And my dad's out here pouring his heart out to them, that's whatever cool. they need. And like I've watched him time and time and time and time, and I've talked to David about it and and like shared with David how frustrated I used to be. And, and he would just continue to give. And I remember at one point that there was this pastor, and this pastor goes to my dad, and he says, um, it's 2008. They were in a, a business deal together. 
and it was all falling apart. And the pastor said to my dad, listen, if you don't step in, this ministry is going to fail. If you don't take my part of it, it was $48,000 a month in payments. And it's like, okay. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh my God. And he's like, it'll be okay. I'm like, yeah, but that, like, we need that money. This is how we're going to survive. And he's like, it'll be okay. Like, stop worrying about it. It's just money. It's paper. Who cares? What are you talking about? It's just paper. Who cares? It will be okay. Right? And so I've watched that. And I, if you knew the number of people that had walked up and said, your dad changed my life. Your dad saved my life. And they mean it. It's not just words. It's not just that means way more than dollar bills to me now. I don't realize it until it happens. And so I was so mean and I feel so bad about it now. And I look back and I'm like, what in the hell were you thinking? But he was way smarter than I was. The older I get, the stupider I feel and the smarter he seems (laughs) because he was making the decisions to create opportunity for us. And not just opportunity for us, but to make the world a better place step by step by step. And, you know, he's all, he was also at the same time, and I don't know the rest of the story, but he was also lightening his burden. Yeah. Because when you, when you look external to your own situation, yeah. when you're only focused on what, what you have and what you're doing and, how do I hold on to it? How do I hold on to this? How do I make it more? How do I grow it? These are all good things in themselves, yeah. but when that's your only focus, yeah, it, it brings on anxiety and fear and worry and burden. Yeah. But when you when you just say, I want to look outside of myself and see what's around me and who I can help and what I can do, it's the most freeing thing that I can yeah. describe. I, I remember a point in my business when I finally said, you know what? If this all fails tomorrow, I'm going to be okay. My family's going to be okay. If this doesn't work out, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Like we're still here. We're still living. We're still breathing. It's not the things that, that we have. And, and, and we put so much pressure on ourselves. And, and there's so many business owners. And, and I feel so bad for them because there's so many business owners who would be so embarrassed to tell where they're at right now and so embarrassed to share. The thing is, is that usually that can be saved. And if it can't be saved, we can at least get them to a position that it doesn't hurt so bad when they do have to do something like that, when they do have to go work for somebody else, whatever it is. But they're so embarrassed to share. Like, hey, I'm on the verge of bankruptcy. There's so many people that are right there right now. And they shouldn't be embarrassed about it. Right. And and we talk about this often is the fact that like our businesses still have struggles. There's times that money's still tight. There's times that things are still hard. But on social media, we put out these highlight reels. And it seems like, oh, look how great it is. Yeah. Oh, we've made it. And people come in here all the time. Oh, man, I wish I was like you. And I wish I, I wish I had a big shop like that. And I wish that, you know, once I get there, I will have made it. No. No, 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 no. That's that that is not where success is. Right? I think about my dad. And I I don't mean to tell the story again. Long story short, San Diego dude walks up to me and says, hey, your dad changed my life. He actually saved my life. And I'm like, huh, huh, uh, I'm not from here. I don't think you got the right person. He said, no, you're Lucas Underwood, right? And I'm like, oh, shit. And he says, yeah, your, your dad saved my life. And I said, okay, how? And he said, well, I was doing community service at Appalachian Heritage Museum. And he said, your dad 
realized I had a thousand hours of community service. I'd been caught with a bunch of dope. He said, I, I was running around with all these people. And he said, your dad looked at me and said, he's, he's got the piece of paper and he's writing hours down. I'm probably going to get dad in trouble for saying this. He's writing hours down on it. And he folds that piece of paper up and he hands it back to me. And he hands me $1,000 cash and literally gives me clothing. And he said, you need to get the hell out of here. If you don't get out of here, this is never going to change. You need to get the hell out of here. And he said, he bought me a plane ticket. Wow. He said, landed in San Diego and met my wife, emptying the trash can in San Diego and started a business in San Diego. Amen. Right? That's awesome. And so like that means more to me. I knew I liked Lucas <laughs> from day one. I don't know why. <laughs> guess we know why. It, it means way more to me now than the money does. They created massive opportunity, right? Like, I, I taught a class the other day and people asked, the. I, I wanted to give the answer. Like, I told you about the Andy Andrews thing and he said that he was living under a pier and he said, is life just a lottery ticket and some win and some lose or were there things that made people successful? Well, there's things that made me successful. My parents made me successful. Right, my grandparents made me successful because the decisions they made were smart ones. It was not me. I did not get me here. My parents got me here. Right? At the end of the day, you got me here. He got me here. The people in my circle, the people I surrounded myself with, and at the time I did not know I was doing it, but those people got me here. You know, I'm a man of faith. I would say God got you here. Of course. Through all of those people. Of course, Through the right people at the right time, at the right setting, and the yeah. right the right paths crossed in the right way. Yeah, but it wasn't me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it wasn't me. And so these people that come in here and say, "Well, I just need a big shop, and I just need this, I just need this." No, no. If if you can't be happy right now, if you can't be okay right now, you can't be happy, and you can't be okay. Because That's the, what I was trying to tell that shop coach that we, we talked to at Ratchet and Wrench. That's what I was trying to convey. We were talking about that business model that gets pushed. Their their agenda is not necessarily, I'm going to screw the customer, I'm going to screw the technician. Their agenda is to transform the life of the shop owner and make them wildly, monetarily successful at all costs. It doesn't matter. The ends justify the means. They won't phrase it like that, but you know, they want they want that shop owner. And then once you have, they're looking at us as the teacup. Fill your teacup up, and then give away what overflows. The teacup can be whatever size you want it to be. By the way, it never, <laughs> it never fills. Right. And for some people, it does. For some some people, it does. You see people that are in that program that are giving away. A ton of money and doing a ton of charity work and they're giving away car repairs and they're fixing cars on the weekends for free and they're giving cars away and you see just all this this work that they're doing but again at the end of the day it's do the, the ends really justify the means all this charity work does it mask how you got there and you do get to the point where enough isn't enough and it's like, oh, I could get more. I could, but the the methodology to get to that end is 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 a bit skeezy. And are you really justifying it? Are you really saying that that getting there was the way I got there was okay? Because now you're doing all this extra charity work, and now you just want to do more of it. 
but you still have to do more of what got you to that point and all of it is is it's a little slimy but they're like oh but look what all of, all of the good i'm doing yeah but the the process you you end up losing your soul along yeah, the way 100%. well are you doing that same good within your own household hey man right so it, you can be given away a million dollars ask your kids ask your wife or your husband or you know whatever yeah no, they and do well that's for themselves, the litmus test for like you know. Are, but are they happy? Right? Are do they feel that you are present? Because they don't give a hoot how much money you're giving away. I, I think I think they're they're for the most part. I think that's not the issue. Uh, I think they're okay in their in their family lives. I'm looking at them as individuals. What have you? What have you decided is okay that wasn't okay before? Because the end result is. The pile of money. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think there's a scripture verse on that too. It talks about you know when you're bringing your gift or your sacrifice. If you have a problem with your your brother, don't don't give it. You yeah. go handle you go handle that first because I don't want it. Otherwise, yeah. right? That's that's God's standard with giving. So if you have some wrong behind you, you need to fix first, and you're going to give to but somehow if you don't appease see it as a wrong, right? I mean, in which we all do. I mean, wrong. we all have some issue that we're dealing with. Yeah. Otherwise, we, you know, nobody's going to meet that standard, right? Yeah. Like nobody. I just is. meant from his, but, his yeah, exactly. Example I would agree. Of like what they're doing 100%. to customers and people, and yeah. using your words, like mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you said screwing them over or whatever, but getting as much as you can from that person, regardless of their whatever. I don't. I just don't think that's. I mean, if you think that's right and you need to be schooled in how that how wrong that is, I mean, that's not our place they, to do that. I don't know. The The problem is the, and and I guess you've heard me say it a hundred times, huh? Um, the problem is- I've heard the, everything you've said so far a <laughs> hundred times, all of it. <laughs> the, the problem is, is the frog in the pot of water, right? Because it was cold when he got in. Yeah. And slowly we move the morality and the ethical compass compass in a different direction. Little decision by little decision by little decision by little decision. Now, here's my thing is it's not just the one person that we're affecting, okay? Because when we talk about changing the industry, how do you do it? Well, you affect one person, right? Like you affected me. And because I knew there was training out there, what did I do? I went to this show. Right, I was done with the shop. I want to learn to be a better technician. I know there's training out there because he's training people. So I go to ASTE. I learned to be a manager, and now that's affected more people because I was given an opportunity just through luck to have a bigger voice. And so I told people what I learned, and then that got more technicians involved with you. That got more people involved with ASTE to learn to be better owners, better service advisors, better technicians. It improved their lives. It made things better, and they didn't know about those things prior to that, right? Well, the problem is, is it works both ways. And so if you teach somebody to do something that is unethical, little by little by little, and they teach more people to do something that's unethical, little by little by little, and they decrease the professional standard of which it is that we rule by or run by, what happens? So we're always, I don't want to say fighting a war. Oh, we are. But there's two camps, and one's going to be winning and one's going to be losing when it comes to this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of it too is defining winning. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, there's a, a wide difference in 
opinions on what winning looks like. Yeah. Uh, winning can be being in a um, cabin um, in the woods with yeah. hardly anything. And that sounds very specific. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> um, you're kind of min- minimalist. You know, you don't need things. Yeah, materials irrelevant. And um, or winning is having you know a million followers. And yeah. yeah, so that winning, I think we need to keep sight of that as we as whatever our plans are yeah. and whatever we're doing, we should just keep keep that in mind. Like the destination, winning, winning might not necessarily be material success. You it know? doesn't yeah. have to be. It doesn't have to yeah. be. And just like you were saying, it's like at what point you're like, like what else do I need? Like I want, am I just like I was saying, it's no longer okay to stay at the Fairfield Inn. Now I got to stay at the JW Marriott. Right. And that's why I want more money. Right. And that's why I got to have the extra salary. Right. I want the Lexus. I don't want the Toyota. Right. Well, what's the point? Right. Like to what end? Who cares? Well, exactly. To what end? And in and of itself, it's not because we joked about the one year we got um, when we go to the beach every year. We got a house with a pool, which we hadn't had before, and we're like okay, every year we need to have a house with a pool (laughs) because we have like our kids and our granddaughter and like we spent all our time there. So for us, that's valuable. But, you know, it's and, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with those things. But it's like, what what are you chasing after and what really what value is coming back to us? That value there is value in spending money on that pool because that's our family time. Yeah. But. Um, do we all have to have fancy cars when we drive to the beach house? Do we have to have the biggest beach house? Do we, you know, what just, there's got to be a point where that return is just not like worth it. And then also being kind of almost married to what your idea and success plan is mm-hmm. when you live in a way where you can afford all of those payments to all these different things. And then then comes the worry and, and fear of how do yeah. I keep how it going keep so it? I can pay my bills. We kind of approached it from a standpoint of let's pay off all of our debt and yeah. then see see where it goes from there. And, right. and then, you know, because that to me is ultimate freedom because then if I don't want to work today, I don't have to Yeah, because I don't have debt. And if it all crashes and burns, I'll just go work at my brother's shop. Right. right. I'm okay with that, like in my mind, like too. Yeah. Even, even with this path we're on now with the charity is like, you know, some people will say, well, why aren't you front and center continuing with Scanner Danner? And we're going to do everything we can to make that even better for yeah. people because we know we have the material there still to change the lives of those that don't know anything right. and, and need to get that foundation poured and, and then come to events like this and build on top of that. But right. we know we have that. But to be able to say, you know what, if it does crash and burn that's okay too, because we positioned ourselves in a way right, yeah. that that um, if I can just keep the roof over our heads and pay the bills and keep the fridge full and you know be able to take the you know the kids somewhere and do something together and be together, to me that's winning. So yeah, I, you know, very cool. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That was beautiful, guys. Sweet. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.